Today we have Matt McQuistian with Briargate Taekwondo. Can you tell us a little bit about your business and what you do? Yeah, so I own a martial arts school in the Briargate area, Briargate Taekwondo. We teach uh, quality martial arts. Um, it's Kukiwon, which is a world standard for Taekwondo, is the international standard. So um, everybody who ranks up through our school is that same rank around the world, not just solely at our school. That's awesome, man. So how did you get started in this? Let's, let's peel it back a little bit. Like, what got you into Taekwondo? Yeah, so grew up in a in a rough neighborhood in California. Um, yeah, we had... We were a second-story apartment on a corner of a busy intersection, so it was a prime real estate for uh, some gangs that we had in the neighborhood, uh, drug dealers, things like that. It just wasn't a safe place. So uh, it wasn't safe to play outside. It wasn't safe to go do things with friends. So uh, eventually my parents were able to get me into Taekwondo for self-defense. And um, it was was a shock for me Uh, then and started making my way through it. And we moved shortly after that to Colorado. I uh, came here to Colorado Springs, and then I started up training Taekwondo in, in 95 here in the Springs. That's awesome. Where in the Springs were you, like, when you first moved here? So it's 95. I mean, obviously, the Springs was completely different even back then. Mm-hmm. Um, did you live in, like, the South Park, or did you live still in the Briargate area? <clears throat> we were a little bit on the on the west side. We we moved into an apartment there, and, you know, my dad was, was working really hard to kind of move us up and give us some good opportunities, move us to a, a good school district. So he put a lot of pressure on himself to do that, and, you know, he made that happen. So, um, you know, in keeping with the, the Taekwondo, uh, we were able to do that as well. That's awesome. What school did you go to? So I ended up graduating from District 12, Shine Mountain. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we started District 11. Since we were on the west side, going to Andrew Jackson Elementary. Ah, mm-hmm. gotcha, man. That's awesome. Talk to me about, um, like, you going up in Taekwondo. I mean, I don't know too much about, like, the belt structure and everything like that. But, like, you said at first it was kind of a shock when you first went there and started doing Taekwondo. Like, describe yourself as a, as a child. Like, were you more timid at first? And then, like, did it help, like, instill discipline? I know we talked a little bit about that before yeah. we started shooting. Yeah, so I was... I was a pretty shy kid. I didn't talk a lot. I was very quiet, reserved. I was already disciplined, obedient, all that stuff, respectful. So um, when it came to some of the things in Taekwondo, uh, it wasn't necessarily a thing that that helped me. After all, I was going there for self-defense. I wasn't going there for my character necessarily or just get better at listening to mom and dad. Uh, so... There were certain things where I'd have to pay attention, and if I didn't pay attention, then I'd get swat on the feet, and uh, the master had this bamboo sword, and the bamboo sword has like shards of, of bamboo, so when it comes together, uh, it pinches. So you'd lift up a foot, you'd smack you on the bottom foot, it was super painful, you got a lot of nerve endings, and and so it would hurt. And, and then, like, okay, now the other foot. So you you have to stand on the foot that you get hit with and then you get hit again, right? So it's like, well, that's no fun. And that was the thing. So that's how they were teaching us to be more aware of our surroundings. So while we're focused on doing something, now we're having to pay attention to what's going on around us at the same time. So, I mean, that ended up being a good thing, but training that in, in a kid who's <laughs> is not, not expecting it, it's like, why am I getting hurt? I don't like coming here and getting hurt, you know, or starting to spar and like kids are just, 
repeatedly kick me in the shins. I'm like, so painful. <laughs> and so yeah. stop being painful, you know? So some of those things, it just, it, it just brought on a lot of pain and it, 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 it took a while for me to, to realize what some of that stuff was. Um, Taekwondo has changed a lot since the early days, you know, uh, we're not, you know, no one's allowed to like hit children or anything like that, even though some parents probably be okay with it. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's better ways to, to teach discipline and respect. Yeah. That's so crazy. And like, so how did you find yourself becoming an owner and like having that inspiration to own one of your own? Yeah. So, um, I continued my Taekwondo journey through what, what we call like a bodon or black belt eligible. It was literally the rank right before testing for a black belt. It's all I had to do was test for a black belt. By that time I was, I was in high school and I started getting into some of the other sports and, uh, started moving away from, from Taekwondo just because of like timing and commitments and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, I ended up taking a break. Both my sister and I, we were both doing Taekwondo together. We both t- took a step back and, um, I didn't resume it till, after high school and college and I came back mm-hmm. and one of the great things about our program is that we had a, a guarantee of our rank. So we had already paid for a guaranteed black belt. And even though I was coming back, I think it was like seven years later, um, I was able to train for free. So I'm like, Hey, you know, I'll come back and do this, you know, no, no hurry to get my black belt, just train, learn everything again. And everything had changed in the world of Taekwondo from when I was doing it as, as a kid and then coming back as an adult, I'm like, man, where, where'd all the form go? Where, where'd the discipline go? These kids are out of control. (laughs) Yeah. And we'd like to take a quick break to thank our sponsor, Planet Duck. Let me tell you what, these guys, they've got some powerful equipment. Their fleet of air duct cleaning trucks are equipped with some of the most powerful vacuums you've ever seen. I mean, these whole trucks, the entire truck, is one giant vacuum itself. With their expertise and equipment, they not only get the job done, they get the job done right to maximum efficiency. And you don't wanna be breathing in nasty air from having dirty air ducts or having inefficient airflow. So get your ducts clean with Planet Duct right now. Visit planetduct.com. If you're from Colorado Springs, then you've probably seen our next sponsor driving up and down Academy or at any of their other three locations here in Colorado Springs and in Pueblo. El Super Taco has authentic Mexican food with locally sourced and fresh veggies and meat that is chopped daily. Be sure to check them out next time you're hungry and mention the podcast too. I mean, we don't got a code for you, but definitely mention it. Power Toolsafe has a vision to help fight against theft. They've developed technology to help you keep proper records and are building a community of awareness around stolen goods. Sign up today for a free account and register up to $10,000 in tools and equipment. No credit card required. It's as easy as setting up a Facebook account. Imagine having a team of marketing professionals working for your business, making sure that you get the awareness and sales that you deserve. Well, that's exactly what you get with Recon Marketing. With up to 35 plus years in experience and 10 million plus in managed budgets, they know exactly what it takes to put you on the radar. And our final sponsor is my company, Veeam Visuals. 
We produce videos with passion and strong meat. Our goal is to innovate and push the boundaries of what's possible when it comes to creating powerful visuals that drive results, whether that be in business or in life. From documentaries to YouTube videos to social media content, commercials that are designed for television, 3D animations, and so much more. And so it was it was different. The system was different. The belt system was different. The curriculum had changed. And like wow. there's there's a lot of things that we're doing now. And and you know some things were were for for the better. Um, Taekwondo had actually become something more where we're focused on character discipline. So now we want to work on becoming a better version of ourselves. So uh, that was something that I was happy about. Um, because those middle years, I was working a lot on myself. Um, so I was, I went through a lot of rough stuff as a child. Um, I was rejected by a lot of people. Uh, I felt rejected by my parents a lot of the times. And my parents, you know, I was firstborn, so they didn't, they didn't know what best to do and sometimes made some mistakes mm -hmm. and caused some damage, not, not intentionally, but you know, I think all parents do. Mm -hmm. And so we carry those things on and, um, I faced a lot of bullying through the school system, you know, wherever we were, if it was in California or we moved here and it was just rough. So I spent a lot of time in, in isolation, but not by choice. And, and some of the stories I could remember, um, uh, I remember sixth grade, I'd try to go make friends and sit with friends during during lunchtime. And every time I'd sit with somebody, they, they'd all get up, move away. And no matter how many times I'd try to go and sit with somebody, be, be with people, they'd always get up and move away. So I was forced into a lot of isolation. Um, and then by high school, then I had just put up my walls. Like I stopped trying, you know, I wasn't going to fall into the wrong crowd because at the bottom of things I had a, a good heart I, I cared for people I had value for people so I wasn't going to go hurt people just to be accepted by others so I did have that opportunity to become one of the bullies to become someone that was um, abusive towards others and I just like I'm not going to do that that person didn't do anything to me it doesn't mm -hmm. make any sense so you know um, I chose that and in a way I chose my isolation and then I put up all these walls so nobody could really get in or understand who I, who I was, but it developed a, a lot of anger mm -hmm. and, um, feeling so alone. That's, that's also kind of where I'd found God. And that was my big thing. And, you know, God isn't something that I shy away from because really that was the only thing that kind of kept me going. Um, God was the one that, that heard me. He talked to me like I heard his voice audibly. And I didn't know it was his voice until many years later. I just wow. kind of trusted that it was him. Mm -hmm. And um, he was training me in things in my teenage years. He was showing me like why people act the way they do, what things really mean. And um, it taught me a lot. So growing through that stuff, I had to overcome a lot of things, especially coming out of high school, all the isolation, having like no social skills. Like I had to grow those things. I think people would look at me today and it's like they, it would be impossible for them to imagine me as, as I was when I was a kid. And uh, I'm just so different now, but it's because I've worked on so many different things uh, as a part of me. Um, and, and then I remember one day, 
you know, I'm, I'm sitting there talking with, with, with God. We'd, we'd have like our conversations whenever I was driving around doing my job as a CNA at the time. Oh, and CNA. I was yeah. a CNA. So yeah, home health care. And I drive between visits. So I remember very, very vividly, he goes, well, all this stuff that I've been teaching you, it's, it's not for you. And I was like, oh, crap. So he was calling me into leadership. He had been calling me into leadership, and I had been running away from it because I, I didn't want to be in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. I spent all that time where, where people ignored me. So I was like, are, are, they're not going to follow me. They don't listen to me. They don't know I exist. Mm-hmm. So, and I was like, I'm still calling you. And um, even when I was doing home health care, and it's like, and I was going to school full time, it's like, I didn't have interaction with people. I was, I was too busy to have interaction mm-hmm. with people at that time. But I could see how my actions were influencing others. And God showed that to me. It's like some of the results I I didn't like. I didn't like what other people were doing. I saw myself in other people in ways that I didn't want it. And, you know, it became very clear to me. It's like, well, you don't have a choice if you're going to be a leader. The only choice you have is if you're going to be a leader for good or bad. And I'm like, well, I don't want to lead people astray. I don't want people to have worse lives because of me or because I'm angry or something like that. So, um, wow, I need to become better for other people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of opened the doors for, for my, my leadership journey. I'm like, okay, well, I need to get better in these certain things. And I started picking up books and, and acquiring different skills. And it's like, I didn't even know where to start. I didn't have a mentor. I'm just like picking up some book about, different aspects of, of a leadership. And I was like, well, I need to learn more about business. I need to learn about communication. Like, I don't, I don't know how to get my point across. Like, I don't know how to listen well. Like, so I, I needed to work on all those skills. Uh, and then coming back into Taekwondo, we had that character aspect where we could grow people. Well, I went through a bunch of stuff. So now I got to share with others my experiences and even though maybe I didn't come out on the positive end of it, or at least not at first, mm-hmm. so I could help people, right? And I can say, well, you know, this is kind of how you avoid that, or this is how you deal with this, or, you know, this is how you think about this situation, you know? And I was like, I like this. Well, I could help people avoid some of these pains that I went through. It's like, I can, I can save them, right? And that was my, my mindset early on. I was like, I can, I can save people. And so... Um, Definitely still have a Superman complex. I think I could save everybody in the world, but can't, you know? Yeah. Um, people kind of have to save themselves. Yeah, they have to want to, right? Yeah, they have to want to. So um, I, before I really stepped into Taekwondo in a professional role, um, I, I was called into doing some real estate work. Um, my dad did mortgages and my family was struggling financially mm-hmm. and a couple situations came up and I was trying to help my family out while I was going to school and, and it, it just wasn't enough. I couldn't trade enough hours for dollars. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm like, I got to do something else to help my family. And so I thought, well, why don't I get into the other end of what my dad's doing? I'll get into the, the property side. And so I, I jumped into that, uh, started doing really well. And that 
really forced me to get out of my bubble. Yeah. You know, I now it's like if I don't talk to people, <laughs> like I don't eat. It's like ah, yeah. I, I really like to eat. You know? yeah. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. So it's like, well, I have to, and I have to do it on a daily basis. I have to get uncomfortable. It's like, I have to insert myself into, into groups. I, I got to start talking. And so kind of what I found out about myself was that I was a, I, I'd consider like a closet extrovert. It's like, I it was always an extrovert. I just didn't know it. Yeah. Right. It was all pent up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I always really wanted to be around people, but I was just so accustomed to rejection that I just stopped trying, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was just a learned behavior. It's like, I was, I was meant to be like this. So that was, that was a good thing there. And, um, I was working my real estate and my dad ended up coming down with, uh, with colon cancer. Oh, no, man. And because I had some medical experience, uh, I decided to take care of him. Well, that took me away from my real estate business and I didn't have really business background. So I wasn't concerned about filling my pipeline with leads or clients mm-hmm. or closings or things like that. So my, my business dried up and I didn't have any money coming in and I had responsibilities. And so I remember looking for something else and I was like, well, you know, maybe tech window can use me. And I went to my, my master at the time and I said, Hey, uh, I just need to make some extra money. Could you use me as an instructor in the class? And I just want to be responsible to my bills. And he goes, okay. Um, and he ended up hiring me as an enrollment director. So he was kind of wearing all the hats at that time for mm-hmm. his business. And uh, he's like, well, you've had some experience growing your business. Now come help me grow mine. I'm like, okay. So um, I went in as enrollment director and I started learning learning about the business. Um didn't get as much training as, as I would have liked, but a lot of the stuff I went out and sought on my own, uh, reading books on it, learning my, my sales skills, learning mm-hmm. how to, how to talk with people, how to figure out the needs that we need to meet in, in our program. And so I started doing pretty well at that. And so my boss was happy with it. Uh, started going into some of the local elementary schools, doing some, after school programs, bringing them Taekwondo because a lot of people don't really understand what it is. And as we're more getting into, um, MMA was starting to explode and, and a lot of parents, they think of, of Taekwondo or martial art and they think of, well, my kid's going to just learn how to be physical with others. Mm-hmm. They're going to hit and punch and kick and bite and all this stuff. And that's not what we do. That's not what we do. So the funny thing about martial arts is the more you know, the less you use, you know, but that's not intuitive. They think the more you know, the more you do. So it's, it's really interesting that way. And so we would bring them the character aspects of what we're doing. We would teach these kids how to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, to mom and dad, how to follow what they're saying the first time. And it was, there was something magical about it in that we could we could align ourselves with the parents, right? And these parents were, were doing the best they could. And a lot of them are doing a great job. So I'm not saying the parents are doing a bad job or anything yeah. like that. They're doing a great job. But here we have a third party coming in and saying, it's like, hey, you should clean your room. And they're like, huh, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. And their parents are like, 
I've been telling them for years and you say <laughs> it one time and they're doing what you say. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, we're, we're on your side. Right. And so all these things like we can, we can explain to them. It's like why having a dirty room, um, has an effect on their mind being cluttered and their thoughts being cluttered. And they're like, Oh, Oh yeah, mom, you said something like that to me. It's like, mom goes, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. It's like, great. That partnership's working really well. (laughs) So we start to see these kids making some huge strides, like pretty quick. You know, I meet with them the first time and, and I'll get feedback like that same day they're doing things like they're excited They're, And so that's what, that's what Taekwondo started to become for me. So I started more in a role of helping somebody else grow their business. And then over time, um, learning the skills, getting better and eventually getting to a point of owning my own school. That's so incredible, man. And you, you have a couple of things that, um, I wanted to talk to you about, but one of them was commitment to excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked, I've been an entrepreneur for over 10 years now. Um, but the last job I did have had something called execution excellence. And what that meant was, is that, um, no one's ever too good to do anything. So mm-hmm. if you're in a restroom and the toilet paper's out, you replace the toilet paper. I don't care if you're the CEO to whatever, mm-hmm. everybody has a commitment to excellence. If somebody who's right next to you normally and they're out and they're sick, they're absent and their phone's ringing all day, you answer their phones for them or the mm-hmm. person to your left or your right. And I love that. You know, so like tell us a little bit more about commitment to excellence. Yeah, so I believe in doing everything to the best of my abilities and, and that's how I would describe excellence. So I'm not saying excellence is perfection or uh, or even fixing everything. It's like I'm not out there to fix everything. I just want to do what I do the best that I can. And so the excellence thing, when I was talking about having to become a better person for all these people, it's like, well, they need a better leader. So I need to be better. So I need to learn these skills. I need to overcome my stuff. I need to over learn how to overcome things that I haven't dealt with yet. And so uh, that's where the excellence really began. I always felt um, a core value is like giving, being fair, being fair to people. It's not taking advantage, not being taken advantage of, but being fair. And so, um, I felt like if they're going to pay me for something that I needed to give them like a really good return on, on what they were getting. So excellence in my business now is first off, we, we work on form. So we have certain techniques and having an international standard, all these things are written down. They're all in like a textbook. There are certain measurements that, that we have for our techniques and it's an art, you know? So there's, there's lines, there's dynamics, there's timing. Um, and my students are learning that they learn them at different stages as they're going along. They kind of build a foundation and build on top of that. But when it comes to excellence, we, we can't rush it, right? My students, they have to know the curriculum. I want them to not just know how to punch and kick, but why they're punching and kicking, why a certain block works or why a certain stance is the way it is. Like, well, back stance isn't for attacking, it's for defending. And here's what you can do out of back stance. And so they're like, oh, okay, well, that makes more sense. And that allows them to think more why they're bending this knee more than that knee, putting more weight back than forward. And they're less likely to keep making the same mistakes over and over. Well, 
before we we broke off from our our old school, we were we were just testing too quick. About every every two months, we were testing, and it was just so fast. Some of the kids and students could do really well in it, and a lot of them did, but a lot of students just got left behind. Mm-hmm. Or they're just kind of pushed through the system. They're they're not ready, but they're doing it. And, and the testing's for like belts for or? for new ranks, yeah, That's new so, belts. Okay. And so um, for a lot of the kids, all of a sudden we weren't requiring them to know the whole form anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, just kind of do your best, and if you can get halfway through, it's like that's good enough. I was like, it's not good enough. Like, there's an international standard for a reason. Like, let's let's not lower the standard for the kids. Let's let's elevate the kids. Right. So we take more time. So we, we test about every three months. So we removed one test out of our, our year cycle. Mm-hmm. So three months. So we really get to dive in. We really get to understand the form, the application of the form. And so that's where the excellence comes in in terms of technique. We also have excellence coming in in terms of um, goal setting and our black belt philosophies. So our character building is really, really important to me. So I really want them to work hard at everything that they're doing. Well, we start off with some simple goals and in respect and learning how to set goals. So they need to, one, know what something means. Two, they need to know what they want. They have to be able to set the goal. And they have to create a plan for that goal. So when they create a plan, it's not, great, I heard it, you're good. And I'm like, no, write it down. All right. And if you're too young to write it down, mom and dad are going to help you write it down. Okay. And so it was, it was a partnership with mom and dad anyway. So they're helping them write it down or the kids are writing it down on their own. It's like, okay. And now we need to think about our weaknesses. Where are we falling short in this? Where, where do I need to work harder on this than other areas? There's times in my life where it's easy to listen to mom and dad. And there's other times in my heart where it's really hard or impossible to listen to mom and dad. That's what we need to set set up some tactics for. We need to plan around those things when it's not hard. That way we can still be in control when our head isn't, right? And so these kids are learning this and, you know, mom and dad are like, this is awesome. Or even learning things about their kids that they didn't, they didn't know. And we have various values. Uh, we've swapped some of them out when we, we changed our, our school. So we aligned ourselves with, with some more Christian values so our students are learning more about humility and compassion, um, which is fantastic. Uh, they're learning how to be more considerate of, of others and not early on. First off, they got to learn about themselves. Mm-hmm. But as we continue on through the ranks, they move higher and higher. Then, yeah, they got to learn more about others. They, they learn more about reading things and other people, people who are struggling, people who are hurting, and mm-hmm. maybe not taking something as a personal attack, but maybe this person is hurting. And maybe I need to ask them some questions instead of feeling hurt by their words, right? So we change change the focus a little bit, but when it comes to the excellence, they're going to have excellence in their goals. I keep them on their goals. They have to turn it, turn in their goals in writing to me. So I review them. And if they're not adequate goals, then I'm like, I'm sorry, here's what we need to work on our goal. So we work together with the students to overcome these challenges that they're facing. Yeah. That's so incredible, man. Do you think that like rewinding the time back and looking at when you first joined up in Taekwondo um, and 
the things that you wanted maybe from your specific Taekwondo class, have you instilled that in your classes specifically? Maybe the things you didn't get when you're a child, because it seems like it's a really good recurring theme for you for them not only to be, you know, great at Taekwondo, but to be great people too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Taekwondo, when I was, when I was a kid, it wasn't what it is now. So I think I'd said that before, but Mm -hmm. what it was back then, uh, I mean, Taekwondo was a new Olympic sport. This thing was growing like crazy, and everybody was trying to get into the Olympics. So the the name of the game was sparring. So we were always like kicking each other. We'd throw some pads on. We'd be kicking each other, you know, and and trying to get better at our sparring skills. Um, we don't do that so much now. I mean, sparring's growing a bit more in our schools and and locally, but uh, now the focus has shifted a lot more for the better, and not just Taekwondo, but I want to say all martial arts. Now the focus of, of martial arts is to make our students better. And that's that's really where you see the difference in some of the schools. Like you want to make students better. It's not about it's not about me being better or me being important. It's about my students being better. And like I want my students to be better than me. I want my students to avoid certain travesty that I've had to go through. It's like I want them to have good decision-making skills. And when they really want something, they're going to set a goal for it. And they're going to plan for it. And if they fail, it's okay. But they're going to have the necessary steps and be resourceful enough to make a new plan, make some new tactics, get some help outside of themselves so they can really do whatever they want in life. That's so incredible. It sounds like you have a big passion not only for your students and everything, but your community. You're talking about, you know, you being in line with the parents, which as a parent, that's like the best thing ever, right? To have somebody who has a lot of the same beliefs and ideologies and, you know, mindset. So when you leave your kids off to them, you know that your kid's going to be around a great role model. Um, Where does that passion for the community come from? Passion for the community? I mean, I think... Where that really comes from for me is being rejected by everybody and eventually learning. Like I was saying, it's like I learned a lot of the stuff talking to God. And God said to me, it's like, well, all these people rejected you, but you don't have to give them the same thing back. Mm -hmm. It's like, I've accepted you. I've taught you how to accept. Now you go accept others. And so I went out. And I just started accepting people and just not trying to change them. I'm just trying to understand them. I'm trying to understand how they're special, right? Everyone's special. That's my belief. Like everyone's awesome, right? In their own way. Maybe not all the time, but yeah, everyone's special. So I'm curious. I want to learn about these people. I want to learn what makes them tick. And, and so I just invite them into my life. I accept them. And it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what age they are. And even if we don't get along, like I'm still trying to understand. So, okay, well, I don't, I don't speak the same language you do. And I need to understand you better. So let me get on more on your level for this. So acceptance is the number one thing. If I can accept anyone who comes in my door, it's, it's an amazing thing. It, it makes them feel welcome. Some of these, some of these kids, that's what they need. Um, it's probably the number one need without people realizing or voicing it. Um, I also, I, I volunteer at, at my, my church with the youth. And one of the questions that we had was like, what, what, what's something that we as leaders can help you guys 
in your walk with, with Jesus. And, and the kids didn't have good answers. I mean, you're asking on point. Some of them really need to go back and think. But I was like, well, let me give you what my answer would have been. I said, like, I just wanted to be accepted. I didn't want to be changed. I didn't want to be turned into something that I wasn't ready for. Like, I just wanted to be listened to. Like, I wanted to feel special about something. Just just accept me. And the kid's just like, yeah, yeah, that, that's what I want. <laughs> that's so awesome, man. And, like, especially in the Christian religion, I'm Christian as well, mm-hmm. to talk a lot about the testimony, right? And I feel like that test of having that early on of people not getting, not people accepting you mm-hmm. is very challenging. And that's, but it's part of your testimony. And I feel like that bleeds into your business now and teaching these kids the right way how to think about others, but think about themselves first. You got to fill that cup up first and then be able to take care of and think of others, be courteous of others is so important. So how long have you been doing your business on your own? On my own? So uh, I I was helping my my previous school. I was helping them grow. And that was three years, about three years I was running that. Yeah. And so I took that business from from losing money and then we were making uh, probably three hundred thousand a year, and I was not making much much money at the time, and I was salary. So mm-hmm. the more I worked, the less I made, and my ideas were hurting me more than helping me because yeah. I didn't have the the support I needed either. Right. And I don't think my boss was trying to be bad or anything. I think he was just he was getting comfortable, mm-hmm. right? I was taking care of all these things, and I saw where our business was not doing well, and I tried to step in. He's like, well, "Hey, that's." That's a little too important. That's still mine. And so I would do it without asking. Really? <laughs> I would do it without asking. Um, so I was just in charge of introducing people to Taekwondo, getting them started, teaching like the, the beginner classes. And and then he was in charge of upgrading them. And that's where our students would go, you know, make a longer commitment. They'd want to become a black belt. And well, he was, uh, he had a lot of really great people skills, a really awesome guy. Um, he, he didn't close a lot of them, right? He didn't, he, he wasn't good at that for his business. Uh, so I tried stepping in and eventually one day, um, I sold one over the phone. So without somebody being there, being in person, going over numbers, talking about the value and all that stuff, I sold it over the phone. And then I told him. And he goes, oh, well, <laughs> I guess you can handle this. So, yeah, you can take over this. And so we ended up doing a lot better there. Um, but I never got a, a raise. I was always told to hold on. We're not quite there. And, you know, after three years and breaking my back, I was losing my passion. Right? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not I'm not seeing the benefits. i just working myself harder. It's like... You know, I'm starting to not care about about the kids as much, or you know, it's like my he he wasn't he wasn't going to classes as much. I'm like, well, I had to stop selling him, and I had to start selling me. And well, it wasn't a bad thing. Like it's just it's it's not what I wanted, or not how I wanted to do it. So eventually, I had to step away from it. I had to leave. So, and and then that allowed me to work more on my real estate business, and now I have business experience. Um, and part of that time was me understanding that while I wasn't earning like 
lots of money or anything like that. I was working for a skill. It's like getting a, a free MBA out of my, my time working there. I was learning how to work a business, but it wasn't my money, mm-hmm. right? So if I failed, like it, I wasn't personally affected with it. But also if I succeeded, I wasn't personally affected by it. So I was just, I was learning those skills at that time. So I'm grateful for that. Um, but growing my business, I did really well with, with real estate, top in my, in my office and things like that. Um, and then people would come to me, students would come to me, families would come to me and say, hey, you know, such and such is going on at the school. It's like, we really need your help. Hey, such and such. So they just kept reaching out. And it's like, and then I'd, I'd go and uh, then the grandmaster would come and he'd be like, hey, uh, yeah, uh, come back, come back and work for me. And I was like, well, it's an honor, sir. It's like, he's, he was the number two Taekwondo guy in the world. Like, he's a fantastic guy in my perspective. Um, and he just had a lot of wisdom and insight and, Mm -hmm. and the way that he can connect with people and inspire them. It was, it was pretty, pretty awesome. And it's like, well, you know, when I do well with this job, you're going to retire again and, and I'm going to work for your son and I don't like your son. And I was honest because I didn't want to work. <laughs> like, I didn't want to work for him. Right. And so I had no problem being honest and like, I know he's your son, but just know I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And yeah. and so he's like, okay. And then, you know, the people would still keep coming to me, still keep coming to me. Hey, so-and-so's leaving. And so a lot of times I was the first to know, not not my old boss not any of the staff. I was the first to know things. I wasn't there. I was working on my other business. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was hard for me to walk away and, and watch watch this school crumble. Right? It's like I built that. And it's like to watch it crumble, it's like it was it was hard. It's like I started a lot of those students, you know, and and they had grown because of me and, and some of them were falling apart. Uh because I wasn't there, they weren't getting the kind of touch that that they that they needed, you know, that inspirational touch, that encouragement. They weren't getting that anymore. Now they're just kind of in the system, and for for better or worse. Uh, so anyway, the opportunity did finally come about where the grandmaster and I were talking. I you know, I keep thinking he'd call me into his office to talk about real estate and, you know, buying the, the next location. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit, but he was really there to, to bring me back in. And he, he's, he's done this, uh, I guess, to quite a few people as I've come to realize over time. And, and he's really good at it. You know, he just has a way of like, you just don't say no to the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just has, has that way. Uh, he, he's very strong presence. So, I learned a lot of things from him, but at the same time, I was also able to be very honest with him. And the opportunity came about. I said, like, "Well, you know, why don't we? Why don't you be a school owner? Um, you know, we could do we could do like profit sharing. Like you start doing well, and we'll do profit share. We'll do like fifty fifty. I said, "Sir, honestly, if I'm if I'm making enough money, I know I need more staff. We're growing. We're going to need more help. You know, it's like I, I got to keep all of that." And he goes, "Okay, that's I wasn't expecting that answer." It's, you can keep it all. And I'm like, so we talked about buying one of the locations and it wasn't the location that I went to him for. So the one that I had built, that's the one kind of where my heart was. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey, I've, I've got a, I've got a better opportunity for you though. Here's this other school, uh, this other location and you know, it's not doing well. And 
you know, here I am a little bit more business savvy looking at the demographics. I was like, okay, we got better demographics. I see where, where, you know, where things are slipping through the cracks and we could be doing better. And it doesn't take that much more effort to get them to the, that next level. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I see opportunity there. So I, you know, we decided to, to move forward on that. And I became, um, really the first owner of one of their schools. And this location has had seen an, um, quite a bit of turmoil mm-hmm. over the time. Uh, that was a partnership with another grandmaster and then his two sons who are also masters. And they ran the school for a period of time, but uh, they like left in the middle of the night. Like they just took off. Or at least that's what we were led to believe at that time. Obviously, there was more stuff going on mm-hmm. that w- we weren't privy to. But uh, they just left. And so all of a sudden, we had this school that we had to go in and fill. And I was I was a part of that when that happened. Like, I was, I went in there, and I served in, in that role to try to grow the school while I was doing my other thing. And mm-hmm. we'd pull from the other locations, and everyone was just kind of pitching in to keep the school going. Right. And there were a lot of people that left at the time. And and then they finally got somebody as like a general manager of that location. And and he did really great for a while. And then some things happened with him and and he had to um, he had to leave as well. So that put them in turmoil again. And all these things, it, it made it made a situation from bad to worse. So this school definitely had its share. Uh, and that's the school that I was I was going into and taking care of, and uh, so I remember going in there, and people are like, "Oh, please don't change it again, please mm-hmm. don't change it again." And I'm like, "I'm not here to change anything. I'm I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here to make things better." It's like, what feedback do you have? What would make this school better? So I I, I left at their school, right? It was theirs. It's, it wasn't about me. It wasn't my agenda. It's like, how do I have to come in? How can I help you? You know. Uh, so that's what I was trying to do. And I took over that school and that was, um, 2018 toward the end of 2018. And then, uh, 2019, we had some struggles. We, we had some business challenges where I didn't know like the, the periods and like good, good months, bad months, all that stuff. And it's like, Oh, I didn't plan for this. I didn't know this was coming, you know? And so learned kind of the hard way and, but that really got my, my butt in gear and we started getting out, networking, doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I had a different belief system than, um, what I was, what I was being taught at the school. It's like, I believe I need to be outside of the school, bringing people into the school, not waiting for people to come to me. And so I was out there networking. I was talking about the school. I was presenting things. Um, people needed to know what, what I was about. You know, I, I was, I was out there selling me essentially. And then this opportunity for, for kids to learn and grow or not even just kids, but adults, you know, adults that have gone through certain traumas or, or they just need some kind of physical fitness. I'm like, gosh, Taekwondo is so great. Like Taekwondo is great for a lot of reasons. Like you get to be physical. You get this exercise that's hand and foot. So Taekwondo does more kicks than any other martial art. Mm-hmm. So it means way of hand and foot. 
So we got this full body workout. Uh, we're not doing the grappling stuff of of um, jujitsu, mm-hmm. right? Where I, I I did that. I, I wrestled in high school. I wrestled internationally, so I, I get that. And there's tons of injuries with that. Mm-hmm. You're manipulating joints. You're throwing people to the ground. You know something doesn't happen right. You don't do it the right way. You don't have the right technique. People get hurt. Mm-hmm. Bones get broken. Joints dislocated. Um, concussions. You get a lot of injuries in that. Taekwondo. We're, we're pretty pretty safe for the most part um we're standing we practice on mats if people fall down it's it's really not that that hard right yeah we still get injuries but some of that's just you know maybe not not being warmed up enough uh working on on our flexibility um or really where we get most of our injuries is like sparring or our with our demo team they're trying crazy aerial tricks right? Things that we don't normally teach in class, right? So, yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, we're gonna start wrapping this up, but is there anything else you want to start sharing or you want to start sharing with our audience? Yeah. So we are actually going to be moving locations here in a month. So good thing for us. um, We are we're downsizing a little bit, which is going to help us with our overhead expenses. Yeah. But we're, we're really excited for uh, the new direction that we're going. We have a ton of support from our families. Um, you know, we, we like to do things to, to give back to our, our community. So one of the things that we get to do is like um, movie nights, parents' night out, you know. Uh, so about every other month we do like a movie night for three hours on a Saturday evening and and parents can drop off their kids at no cost. We'll do it for free, right? If they're a student. Now, uh, if they're not a student, they, they're welcome to bring guests, just $10, so not bad. But we'll have some fun games, and then we'll sit down and watch a movie, and then you know parents come pick up their, their kids. But just a nice little thank you. And then I am working on setting up um, like a 501c3 cool. so we can start accepting some donations because yeah. – I really have a heart for people who are left behind, right? I have a heart for single parents trying to raise their kids and yeah. they need help. They need that structure. They need that that partnership, right? And they they just can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And they have multiple kids and they can't afford it. And I, I believe Taekwondo is for everyone. Mm-hmm. And and so they need to, we, we need to, uh, receive some money for them to train. I'd love to train them for free, but that's not good for my business either. Right. So we get that set up. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We got, you got, uh, some partnerships in the community where they want to be a part of it, that too, but that's a little bit of a process in setting it up. That's awesome, man. Well, where can our viewers find you? So, uh, I'm located, uh, you can find us online. We're at springstaekwondo.com. T-A-E-K-W-O-N-D-O, springstaekwondo.com. Uh, we just got our, our website redesigned. It looks looks great. Nice. Um, <laughs> there's a way to get a hold of us on there. You can sign up for uh, a four-week trial for $49, no risk. and Or come see me. We'll do a free trial lesson, see if you want to sign up for our basic course and get a few belts and while you're at it. you know. So we'll, let's have some fun. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. This has been a great time. Yeah. yeah. So awesome that you're doing this for the community. And this has been the COS Business Podcast. So we'll see you guys on the next one.